the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Ever sin unintentionally before? About every day. You're sinning right now that you're not raising your hand. That's that's an intentional sin. Right? Romans chapter 3. We all fall short of the glory of God. The word there, it means to miss the mark. We're aiming for the mark. We're trying to hit a bullseye. We're trying to score 100%. But as hard as we try, we come up short. Believers who profess Jesus sometimes fall, fail. We have good intentions and then, bam, we hit sin. Sometimes intentionally, other times unintentionally. Pastor Dan explains today how we, as Gentiles, as Christians, were implanted into the blessings of Israel. God's grace is the reason why we have salvation from our sins. Pastor Dan also speaks about the many different offerings that will be presented during the Lord's reign on earth. We are reminded that all these offerings point to one person, Jesus. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 45 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Bible also says that the spirit of Antichrist is already at work in the world. That's the direction things will trend in the world. Now we might have periods of time where there's a reprieve, where it lets up, but things will trend that direction in the world, in the culture, to set the stage for the Antichrist. Things will head that way. And they are heading that way at a breathtaking speed over the last year. And the tribulation period ends with the return of Jesus Christ to the earth and he ushers in the kingdom age. Those who survive the tribulation, who make it through those seven years, will enter into the kingdom age. They will go from living under the rule of the Antichrist to living under the rule of Jesus Christ. And you look at this description here in chapter 45, this contrast between Christ's reign and previous rulers and what's described here. Jesus Christ will rule with justice and righteousness and integrity and honesty and fairness. That's what Ezekiel is describing here. In contrast to Man, you know, leaders of man. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 4 says, But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt 
of his waste. As king, he'll be righteous. He'll be faithful. Isaiah, listen to this, Isaiah 60, verse 18, again, describing the kingdom age under Jesus Christ. Violence shall no longer be heard of in your land. Violence will no longer be heard of. Think about that in contrast to the world that we live in today. Violence will not even be heard of. Neither wasting nor destruction within your borders, but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Jeremiah 23.5 Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. All of the earth. Revelation 19 describes the return of Jesus Christ riding out of heaven on a white horse, robe dipped in blood. And it says this of him. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges. He's called faithful and true. And he rules with righteousness. In Isaiah 25, verse 9, I love this verse. This is what people will say that come through that tribulation period into the kingdom age. So after living under the Antichrist and coming and living now under Jesus Christ, it will be said in that day, Isaiah 25, 9, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him. And He will save us. This is the Lord We have waited for Him. We will be glad and rejoice in His salvation. This is the ruler we've waited for. This is the one that we wanted all along. And so we we need to be aware of what the Bible says about the last days. What God says to His church about the last days. So He goes on now in verse 13 to describe the offerings that they shall make during the kingdom age. Verse 13, this is the offering which you shall offer. You shall give one-sixth of an ephah from a homer of wheat and one-sixth of an ephah from a homer of barley. So those that are farmers and have grain, they're going to offer a portion of their grain to the Lord. Verse 14, the ordinance concerning oil, the bath of oil is one-tenth of a bath from a core. A core is a homer or ten baths, for ten baths are a homer. Don't you, this is like helping your kids with math right there, isn't it? Like where they're converting from you know, centimeters to millimeters and all that kind of stuff. Verse 15, and one lamb shall be given from a flock of 200. So here the tithe isn't 10%, it's not a tenth. Uh, from the rich pastures of Israel, during the kingdom age. Remember, it's going to blossom and bloom and and be fruitful once again. These shall be for grain offerings, for burnt offerings, and peace offerings to make atonement for them, says the Lord God. So these are the offerings people will make during the kingdom age. Uh, In the Old Testament, all of the offerings looked ahead to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. During the kingdom age, all of the offerings will look back to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as more of a memorial. According to the law, uh, the grain offering that's mentioned here, the burnt offering and the peace offering, they were all voluntary offerings or what were known as free will 
offerings. They weren't mandatory. They were just an act of worship. Just because you wanted to show your love and gratitude to the Lord for his goodness to you, you would make one of these offerings, a free will offering. It wasn't a mandatory thing. It wasn't a sin offering or a trespass offering where now you're coming and you're seeking to atone for your sins and I've done something wrong and I need to make it right. And no, this is just, I just want to worship the Lord. I just want to give thanks to him for his goodness uh, to me. So they were free will offerings. And that's why they were also called sweet smelling offerings in the Old Testament. A sweet aroma to the Lord. It pleased the Lord. It pleases God. It blesses God when we just worship him out of our own free will because we want to, because we love him. We just choose to spend time with him. Sit before him or to come out on a Thursday night or spend time in the morning just sitting in his presence and it blesses him. It pleases him. Now the grain offering was given as thanksgiving for God's provision. You bring a portion of your grain, a portion of your harvest to God. And it was a way of thanking God for supplying all of your needs. That God, you provide it for me once again. You've provided for my needs once again. And all of the offerings in the Old Testament, they are all fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Ultimately, they all point to Christ. All of these same offerings that are offered during the kingdom age, They all point back to Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. All of our needs are met in Christ Jesus. So in that sense, Jesus is our grain offering. The burnt offering speaks of total consecration to God. When you brought a burnt offering, you would offer the entire animal to be consumed on the altar without keeping any of the meat or giving any of the meat to the priest. It's all put on the altar. We have that saying, I'm going to put it on the altar. With a burnt offering, the whole animal is put upon the altar. You're not holding anything back. And it speaks of giving all of yourself to the Lord. Romans chapter 12 says we should make our bodies a living sacrifice or our lives a living sacrifice to God For this is your reasonable service in light of Jesus Christ giving himself for us, all of himself for us. We should give all of ourselves to God. Jesus is our burnt offering. The peace offering. The peace offering was given to acknowledge peace with God or fellowship with God. Essentially in the peace offering, you're just coming and sharing a meal with the Lord. Now, just thankful that you've got peace with God, that you can have fellowship with him, that you can sit in his presence with him. Romans chapter five, verse one, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, all of these offerings point to Jesus Christ. Verse 16 says, all the people of the land shall give this offering for the prince in Israel. Then it shall be the prince's part to give burnt offerings, grain offerings, and drink offerings at the feasts, the new moon, the Sabbaths, and at all the appointed seasons of the house of Israel. He shall prepare the sin offering, the grain offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offering to make atonement for the house of Israel. Notice in verse 17 here, 
that they're making these all these offerings during the different feasts, the new moons, the Sabbaths, and all the appointed seasons, or all what we would say all the appointed holidays of the house of Israel. So these will all be observed in the kingdom age. Now, it may seem strange to us as Gentile believers, right, that there's a temple in the kingdom age, that there's sacrifices again, that there's a priesthood, that there's Levites, that there's celebrating the feasts and the new moons and the Sabbaths and all the appointed seasons of the house of Israel. To us as Gentiles, we read that and we maybe think, well, that's kind of all Old Testament stuff. We're New Testament. Why are we doing all that stuff? Listen, if you're taking notes, Romans chapter 11, verse 17, it says that we, as Gentile believers, we are grafted in among them, the Jews. It's describing there an olive branch. It's talking about the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, is the cultivated olive branch. And we as Gentiles are described as this wild olive branch that's been grafted into the olive tree. And it says that we've been grafted in among them and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. We've been grafted into Israel and we partake, we're outsiders, we've been brought in now and we partake of the root and fatness of Israel, which is the Old Testament. The Jews, and this is important, the Jews, Jewish believers, aren't grafted into us. We're grafted into them. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. God, by His grace, which by the way, I think you can do it now. I think scientists can do it now. But when Paul writes that, uh, a wild olive branch could not be grafted into a cultivated olive tree. It was impossible to do. It's only by the grace of God that we as Gentiles, as non-Jews, have salvation. And God has grafted us into what He has established and started with the Jewish people with the people of Israel, we've been grafted into them. We get to partake of the goodness and the blessing that God has bestowed upon Israel. And so, once you realize that, okay, this is something that God really initiated with them, and this is is something, and we get to now come in and participate in it by the grace of God and by the mercy of God, you kind of realize, this is their thing. We just get to participate. We get to have our sins forgiven. We get to uh, believe on their Messiah, their Savior. And God includes us now into it. It's not the other way around. 
It's not that Jews get to be part of what we're doing, or Jewish believers get to be part of what we're doing. We're grafted into them. All right, verse 18. Thus says the Lord God, In the first month, on the first day of the month, you shall take a young bull without blemish and cleanse the sanctuary. Now this seems to be something that they are to repeat every year in the kingdom age during the thousand years. So this is something that's new. It's not something that we really see in the Old Testament. Uh, In the Old Testament in Leviticus, they cleansed the sanctuary when they first began to use the sanctuary. But now in the kingdom age, it seems it's something that's done every year. The priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering and put it on the doorposts of the temple, on the four corners of the ledge of the altar, and on the gateposts of the gate of the inner court. And so you shall do on the seventh day of the month for everyone who has sinned unintentionally or in ignorance, as you shall make atonement for the temple. Again, there will people be people that come through the tribulation period into the kingdom age. They will be born again, but they're not going to be in their glorified bodies. So they will still be capable of sinning. And they will sin unintentionally. Ever sin unintentionally before? How about every day? You're sinning right now that you're not raising your hand. That's, intention, that's an intentional sin. Right? Romans chapter 3. We all fall short of the glory of God. The word there, it means to miss the mark. We're aiming for the mark. We're trying to hit a bullseye. We're trying to score 100%. But as hard as we try, we come up short. We fall short. That's what it means to sin. My intention is to do the right thing but I fall short. I'm not intending to sin. It's an unintentional sin. Or to sin out of ignorance. I just didn't know. I didn't know that was wrong. Now, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. We just have to confess it. And it's automatic with God. He forgives us and he cleanses us of our sin and all of our unrighteousness. It also says in 1 John chapter 1, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses us of all of our sins. I just walk in the light with the Lord. I'm not trying to hide my sin. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but he who confesses his sins will receive mercy, the Bible says. And if I'm walking in the light with him, I'm being honest, I'm confessing. You know, the word confess, it just means to agree with God. This was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I wasn't trying to do that. I ended up doing that. I missed the mark. I fell short. I'm confessing it. The blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us of all of our sins. Verse 21 says, And in the first month, on the 14th day of the month, You shall observe the Passover, a feast of seven days. Unleavened bread shall be eaten. So there's going to be the feast of Passover again during the kingdom age. I don't know about you, but when you read through the story in Exodus of the first Passover, and that's one of those stories in the Bible that you wish you could be there and to be, you know, gathered with your family in a home and 
to apply the blood to the doorposts and you know, to experience that. And, or you read in the New Testament in the Gospels as Jesus is going to the different feasts in Jerusalem and going up for the Feast of Passover. You know, during the Feast of Passover in Jesus' day, you know, there's the passage in the Gospels where Jesus sends two of his disciples to go prepare the Passover meal. Right? Just a couple words. It's just it's summarized in a couple words. He sends them to go prepare the Passover meal. Well, what, what did that entail? Well, those two disciples had to go purchase a lamb at the temple and take it up to the temple to be sacrificed. The animal was sacrificed and prepared, butchered. And the priests would take the sacrificed lamb after cleaning it and preparing it to be roasted over fire. And they would take a pomegranate branch and they would run the pomegranate branch down through the mouth of the lamb and out the tail of the lamb. And they would take a second pomegranate branch and run it through the shoulders of the lamb. And they would tie the arms of the lamb back. And so they literally would crucify the lamb. And so in Jerusalem, during the Passover, uh, they estimate that 250,000 lambs were sacrificed during the Passover in Jerusalem, according to Josephus, in the time of Jesus. And you've got, you know, 250,000 lambs that are crucified and people walking through the streets carrying a lamb that's crucified on a cross to take it to roast it in fire. You know, and just to see that, just to experience that. And during the kingdom age, we'll celebrate the Passover at the temple with Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. It says in verse 22, And on that day the prince shall prepare for himself and for all the people of the land a bull for a sin Offering, again, the prince here is preparing a sin offering for himself, so it's not Jesus. And on the seventh day of the feast, he shall prepare a burnt offering to the Lord, seven bulls and seven rams without blemish daily for seven days, and a kid of the goats daily for a sin offering. And so he's to offer this burnt offering daily. We're to consecrate ourselves to the Lord every day. Verse 24, he shall prepare a grain offering, one ephah for each bull and one ephah for each ram, together with a hin of oil for each ephah. In the seventh month, on the fifteenth day of the month at the feast, he shall do likewise for seven days, according to the sin offering and the burnt offering, the grain offering and the oil. So there are some feasts in the kingdom age that we will keep. But it seems some of the feasts we're not going to keep that aren't mentioned. Pentecost doesn't mention, for example. But there are some that we will keep and still continue to observe in the kingdom age with Jesus. Isn't that great? Jesus is going to be there. And he's going to, he's going to explain it all to us. <laughs> the one to whom all these feasts are pointing to the one who fulfills them Jesus Christ the Lamb of God our Passover Lamb we're going to celebrate Passover with our Passover Lamb Jesus I don't know about you but that's pretty awesome I think that's pretty awesome He asked me how I know and I say bring 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Ezekiel. The Israelites had a difficult time trusting God, especially when things didn't go their way. But despite their wavering faith, God's faithfulness never wavered. He even sent someone like Ezekiel to speak not only truth, but hope. God had something much greater for the Israelites, and He has something much greater for you, too. If today's message with Pastor Dan on Ring of Truth has touched you and you'd like to know more about how God can change your life, we'd love to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. And we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study. And we'd love to have you join us. You can visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions, service times, and what you can expect when you join us. We want to say thank you for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the Bible when you tune in next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes It's true.